Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Rad Talk, where medicine and collide. I'm Dennis. And I'm Gage. And we're going to be talking about um, a lot of, of new things. There's a lot of new graduates out there, medical graduates, sonographers, radiologists. Um, and, and we just kind of want to go over some different tips and things like that. Um, being new at it, something. Sometimes you get nervous about taking, in the sonography world specifically, you get nervous about taking images Am I taking too many images? Am I not taking enough images? Some protocols will kind of guide you image to image. But being a new sonographer, sometimes you see something and maybe you're unsure of it and, and you take an image of it and then you measure something and then it goes mm -hmm. to the rad and the rad's forced to say something about this measurement or ask you why you yeah, took this yeah. measurement. Yeah. And, and something that can be completely normal, whether it's like a, you know, a, being a new sonographer maybe you take a picture of a renal pyramid or something that, it, mm -hmm. that you say is a cyst but it's just a, a, a renal pyramid so it's just a normal thing but you're nervous and you don't want to miss something mm -hmm. and so now the radiologist yeah. has to i don't know if you go if you go in and delete those images and say like this is a renal pyramid this is you know but some some pack systems it's to delete images it's like um, an act of god it feels like yeah. I've never deleted an image in my life. I didn't know that was a possibility. Yeah. Is, like and, and once you, once you sent it, I thought that was it. Like that was final. So uh, what's interesting is, so some uh, hospital systems allow the sonographers to go in and delete images um, after they've sent them to the radiologist before you've sent them to the radiologist. And so I think that's a great way to have another sonographer look over your images, maybe before you send them to the rad especially if you're a new graduate, I know as a new graduate, I would bring a lot of, not a lot, but like people in the room sometimes if I was like, is this a pyramid or is this a cyst or is this mm -hmm. like just being, um, just being so nervous that you're going to miss something that you're over checking things. I think, I think that's mm -hmm. a, like, I think that's looking back. I think that's a good quality because it really shows that like, I really care and I'm taking the time. Like I'm trying to treat my patients like a member of my family. Like, I would want like if I'm everybody starts out new. And so everybody um, is new at something at one point. And so I think to be understanding to like, hey, I'm going to bring you in and take a look at this. I mean, sometimes now I even bring folks in and, and take a look at it. And there's nothing wrong with that to get a second opinion. But I be, think being new, you do it more. Uh, well, I hope you would maybe do it more just yeah. to be more caring or and, and not as you don't want to be cocky and be like, I'm new, but this is you know, I know everything. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I, and, and hopefully that the other sonographers are also understanding or, or whatever modality you're in are understanding that this person's new. We need to take our time. If they have questions like that's okay. Cause I've yeah. also worked with people that were like towards retirement and they were like, I don't do new grads. I don't yeah, do, that's fair. Yeah. I don't yeah. want, I, I want, I got my year, my two years left and I'm retired. I'm done. I don't want anything to do with you guys. Um, and, and I worked with an individual who was that. What was very interesting, though, is I was able to develop a friendship with them somehow. I think maybe, you know, maybe because I was young or old and they looked at me as you know, a son type figure to yeah, them. Yeah. And so they were like, OK, I'll, you know, I'll go out of their way and help help him out. And so um, I think I think that can be very, very difficult. Taking think, images. Yeah, go ahead. One thing that maybe helps kind of, um, I guess, explain how it works 
when you're in ultrasound school? Like how, cause you obviously have to scan and everything, but mm-hmm. how does that whole process work? You go in and scan, is somebody there back scan? Yeah. So explain kind of yeah. how it works in ultrasound school and then how that's different from how it works when you're in the real world. Right. And, and so um, I'm uh, being so many different facilities. I've seen so many different programs. When I was in school, we had to, depending on where you were at, we would say we were wanting to comp on a certain uh, organ or, or something. Say I wanted to comp on a gallbladder. I would have to tell my preceptor like, Hey, I want to look at this person's gallbladder before I see the person before anything. Yeah. And that so was, you don't know and, if it's going to be a good one or a bad. Yeah. You have no idea what you're walking into. So sometimes you look at like, you know, if you look at people's ages, you can be like, okay, that's a yeah. younger person. Maybe there'll be a better one to, to yeah. see everything with. And so it was super stressful um, saying I have to like have a competency and they have to like go over it. And they like have like, I don't know, like 20 different check marks. They have like, did I take good images? Did I have good rapport with my patients? Did I get, did I miss any anatomy? And like certain things were automatic fails. Like if you missed gallbladder stuff, if you missed like gallbladder stones or something like that was an automatic fail on that comp and mm-hmm. you can only fail comps so many times. And then like you got a bad, like, I don't know, great or like, yeah didn't make it through the program essentially um which is super stressful with with different things learning different things i think that i haven't seen a as and obviously i haven't been in these programs but the students that i've seen have not had as stressful uh clinical work maybe maybe same stressful didactic work but clinically when they're coming in with us is like comps like they're just you know just do this and do that. And then you just kind of sign off and say, yes, they did that. Or, and then if they miss something, you just like go over it with them and you still get the competency for that particular organ or that particular whatever. And so I feel like it's so, I mean, I was, there was so many times I can't like, there's a long time ago. I said I was in school, but there were so many times, like I remember being so stressed out to like look for, yeah. I did find yeah. like this, like, I don't know, something like the cervix. I'm like, um, and, and being like, man, I got to find this. And I'm like nervous that I'm not going to be able to find this. And, and, yeah. uh, and so I, I think now all the students that I've had, it's been much easier for them clinically. I think we're more just like apt to like, I will, if you miss it, if you don't see something, let me just sit down and go over it with you. Whereas like, I would fail. um so did you do that by yourself like you scanned by yourself yeah took the images and then someone checked it or was someone in the room with you the whole time watching you scan um and so i would have in the competency one if i say like i'm going to comp on a patient they would stay out of the room and so Mm -hmm. they would allow me to not be worried or scared somebody's over my shoulder which i think is a, a really good thing which it's um Cause I've had students where I'm it's, it's nerve wracking for me, especially going from place to place to be in, like, I don't know. Some places have had these students for a while. Mm-hmm. So like they know how comfortable the students are with certain exams. Whereas like, if I go somewhere, I'm like, I don't know how you scan at all. I don't know if you're what level you're at. And so it makes me really uncomfortable, like not being in the room. But I think what where a facility that I was at, I like how they do it is, is they allow the students to go in the room. The student puts, you know, whatever name they want on the machine. They do the whole exam or they do certain organs they want to do. They come out, grab us, and then we go in and then we literally start the whole exam fresh. 
mm-hmm. and, do, and we do the whole thing ourselves. And then later we go sit down with that student and go over each image that they took. And then we can align it with the images that they took with the images that we took. And so it's something the radiologist never, they, the radiologist never sees these pictures that these students are taking. Yeah. It's, it's only us. So I really like that, you know, they, they put whatever name they want and then we just compare with the two different things. And so that way I don't have to be like, well, you know, I go, I go in after the student and I delete every image that they have because all the images <laughs> sucked or something. Yeah. The student's just like, well, I suck. Like this is terrible. Yeah. And so I'm not pushing you down, but I'm able to go through each image that you took and explain like why you took it or why you shouldn't have taken it. And so I think moving forward, um, that's, that's a way that I really like that um, the hospital I worked at the best thing that I've seen um, I, I've seen, but I've seen both. I've seen where um, other places where you go in by yourself and the student takes images and then you go afterwards and you check over their images and maybe take a couple more images, but leave what they have. I've seen other places where like, you know, we were in the room with the student the whole time and they would take an image and you'd say, okay, no angle all the way through or okay, no angle up here or like, look at this area again, change your B mode um, mm-hmm. on, a, on a kidney or something like that, which is just B mode. It's just the overall color. Cause we see so many shades of gray, but we see a lot of shades of color. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're more apt to see like a stone or something. If you change the B mode, I think. Um, and so I've, I've seen both, but I think that's the, if you, but, but the, to every good thing, there's always a bad thing. And so I think the bad thing that goes along with that is, the patients are going to be there longer because yeah, have, that's the first thing have, I thought about. Yeah. You yeah. double the exam time. You're going to have a, yeah. And so like, if you're packed and you're like, we don't have time, then maybe that doesn't particularly work for, for your facility. Um, but if the, I think if that's, that's the best way I think for the student to learn and also not feel terrible when you delete everything they have or when you yeah. like yeah. have to, you know, say they suck or something like, yeah. I, I think, but yeah, I, I think hopefully. I mean, it's the same in radiology. If the the attending deletes your whole report, you kind of feel like shit, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, just I just wasted my whole time delete or you know reporting that for you to delete it and dictate it yourself. But they, but the, at that point, I think the attendings also literally turn to you and say you suck, and then yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to say anything. We know. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so then, so essentially, I mean, it's the same in medicine. You have a preceptor or whatever. Someone looks over your report. So now, kind of explain how it's different now that you're out of school and Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, why some of the new myself included, I would be a new grad. So why we're kind of nervous, at least in the, from the ultrasound ultrasound perspective, why they're kind of nervous about being on their own. And I, and I, and I think this, this goes back to um, before as a student, I can take pictures. And if I'm not sure you're going to, you're going to go over those pictures and delete those pictures. And, it's, it's kind of like on a smaller scale, it's kind of like the radiologist because uh, the sonographer, like they don't put the student's name on the exam. The sonographer yeah. that is overseeing you's name is on the exam. Maybe they put the student's name after it, but yeah. if there's a problem with that particular exam, the radiologist is going to call the sonographer and say, hey, Dennis, like, what is this? What are you doing? Yeah. And, and then you have to explain yourself or explain what the student did that you allowed that image to stay on there or why they took that or, or whatever it is. And so I think that's where it, it becomes kind of a, um, a, a new, th- uh, a hassle. If you're the attending or overseeing sonographer, yeah. um, but as a, as a student or, or 
um, as just a general new grad, it's, it's stressful because now I went from the, the sonographer that's overseeing me is taking all the credit to now it's my name on there. Mm-hmm. Now the radiologist is calling me yeah. and I have to explain what tissues I'm looking at, what yeah. this is, why I took this or, or whatever it is. And so I think that's stressful knowing that like, I don't want to let, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can yeah. usually tell I and mean, people can tell when you, you don't know what you're doing, but yeah, I mean, you're in the, or like they ask you a question and you're like, I don't know. Or, you know, so like, I think that's the, the stressful thing that it, you don't look like, you know, what you're, you, you want to look like, you know what you're doing. And you also want to uh, make sure that you're doing the best results for the patients because it's, it's solely on you now, kind of like it's with you guys. Like, I mean, you guys yeah. obviously take the credit for, or not take the credit, but take the, take everything for for the sonographer or whoever's images i mean it, it all rests on you um yeah. in the end. and so i think that's that's probably the the most stressful part is is knowing and all and, and it will lead to our, kind of our other conversation i don't know if you yeah. want to talk more let's about do it. i want i want to i want to hear some some wickham advice here for oh. some we got somebody's a brand new sonographer starting on monday what kind of oh man let's you give know, him a I, few tips <laughs> i think uh I think if I looking back, if I was talking to my old self as a new grad, I think it would be don't be afraid to reach out to other sonographers, even if they're like Mm -hmm. not happy about going over images with you or, you know, you know, you're a sonographer, you're registered, you should know what you're doing. Um, If that's how they don't if that's how they feel, then so be it. But you still I think you you still need to be comfortable enough to say, okay, I need you. I want you to look over these images with me. Or maybe that's a radiologist that you end up going to and saying, Hey, like I'm new, sit down. And like, what are your expectations? What do you want me to do? Um, you know, the, the sonographers are like, don't want anything to do with me. Like, I think that um, it's important to, to try to lean on your coworkers if you have to, and don't be afraid mm-hmm. to, to do so because everybody everybody's new at some point and i and i and i it all boils down to like we want the best results for the patients and it's it's upsetting that um another sonographer would would like shun you or something i've seen it happen yeah. oh it's um, gonna happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's gonna and, and i guess that's something i would tell a new sonographer too is like be prepared because there's other sonographers that will not want to help you or will not care about you. Maybe find the other one, another one that, that does, or if you work in a small facility and that's the only one, then you go to the rad or you go to whoever you can to try to, to do what's best for your patients. Um, I think that if you're nervous about, if there's something you don't know, I think take a picture. If, if it ends up being a pyramid and you think it's a cyst, take a picture of it, uh, take multiple pictures of it, take a cine clip of it if you want to, and then go mm-hmm. to the radiologist and say, Hey, like, this is what I'm seeing. And if the radiologist says, well, no, this just looks like a pyramid to me. And so then you can, you can go back and, and you didn't measure anything. Or if the, the rad wants to measure something, they mm-hmm. can and say like, Hey, I saw this. You can measure it if you think it's something, but I don't want to put calipers on something because then, you know, I'm kind I'm of forced, forced to say I'm, something. I'm forcing yeah. your hand to say something like yeah. this, like, normal renal pyramid was yeah. measured or something, but you're mentioning something, just adding more to a report that doesn't really need to be there. Um, and so, uh, and then, you know, it goes to maybe it goes to 
somebody else and they read that report and they're like, why? Okay. So this sonographer was not competent because now this radiologist has to make some sort of statement on something that, that they shouldn't have measured. Yeah. Um, and so just going to give you a bad look, I guess. Um, and so I, I think, I think that's the biggest tip is, is don't be afraid to ask questions. If people get mad at you, like, so be it. Um, yeah. like I, I don't worry about the people who get mad at you worry more about like things that you could possibly miss because you didn't, you were too afraid to ask somebody and, and then something, you know, I, that's the most important thing was, is the patient. I don't want to miss anything. I'd rather yeah. ask you and look foolish than, than to be like, well, it was a sister. No, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to take a picture of it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And then it ends up being something that, you know, we, you could have taken a picture of, but you just weren't sure. And so I think that's the the biggest tip I can give. And and also I think is something I've always told my students is, is again, treat your patients like a member of your family or it's like somebody you care about um, because it's somebody else's member of their family, whether it's their yeah. mom, their brother, their sister, their, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And like uh, if, and I think that's why I have all the students that I try to, I, I never try to shun anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and for that reason, because my mom or my family member might be a patient of that sonographers or that whatever one day. And yeah. I would rather teach you everything I know, because if you're taking, like, I want you to take good care of my mom or my family mm -hmm. member. And, and so I don't, you know, I know we all have bad days and things happen, but like, I'd rather teach you everything I know and you take good care of people than say like, no, don't, don't talk to me. I'm, I'm about yeah. to retire yeah. like, here. Yeah. Leave me alone. I don't want nothing to suit with you. So, but there are people out there that sadly are like that. Like, yeah, that's real. Um, and so, yeah, those I are, think those are yeah, go ahead. one thing I would add for that is uh, we talked about earlier about when I was in fellowship, they had to check the images with us before they let the patient go. So I would always add for every, not just new grads for every ultrasound tech, I think, you guys should check the images with the radiologist before you send the patient home. Cause if the radio, some, most radiologists won't add anything cause they understand that our knowledge is limited in ultrasound, but there are some that are really good at ultrasound and they'll want you to get either one, they'll want to go get it themselves or they'll want you to add extra, uh, get extra images, which is impossible to do if you send the patient home cause then you have to call them back. So it's a pain in the ass for the patient to come back you know, to get rescanned or, you know, additional images. So one thing, uh, just check with the radiologist. If he or she says, I don't want anything else, then let the patient go. It's just so, or you send them back upstairs, whatever. It's just so much easier that way. And then you mentioned measuring things. Mm -hmm. I think there are two types of radiologists. One love to measure fucking everything they see. And then I'm on the other end. I don't measure anything. I don't care if it's like a 10 centimeter mass. I don't, I'm not going to measure it. Um, I would say don't measure something if you're not sure what it is, you know, talk, like you said, kind of talk to the radiologist first, if they want to measure it, let them measure it. But if I, I tend to be one that will just ignore things. So if, if you, if I think it's a pyramid, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not even going to put it in the report, mm -hmm. but then with the advent, you know, what if somebody sees it and they see your calipers that measure two centimeters, like, well, why didn't you mention this? Yeah. Well, now it's my word against theirs. I just said, I know this is a normal structure. I didn't want to mention it. It's in there. And I, I only say this because one time someone told me, I think it was a chest X-ray or something. They didn't mention a granuloma and the patient, you know, because we've talked about my chart or whatever you want to call it. 
and they saw their images and they's like, oh, what is this thing up in my left lobe or whatever? And they're like, oh, it's just a granuloma. It's nothing. He's like, well, you didn't mention it. He's like, it's not important to mention. But they're like, if you, they said, if you missed this granuloma, which they didn't, they just didn't mention it. They're like, what else have you missed? So a patient can be like this, you know, the sonographer measured something, you missed it, didn't Mm -hmm. mention it, whatever. So then you kind of just lose credibility as a radiologist if you don't at least mention everything that you guys have. Uh, That's why I like the, where we did residency. I think it, did you guys push the, your little, um, Oh God, whatever the sheet is that you write, you know, you write down your findings. Did that go through in the packs or did you just give it to us? I think I want to say it went to packs. It's like an impression. I don't like that because I don't either. I'm also, I'm also forced to mention everything you've put on that piece of paper, even if I don't want to mention it. Um, You know, say you mentioned gallbladder slightly thick. I'm like, eh, you know, it's fine. Right. Well, you said it was four millimeters, which is technically thick. So now if I just blow it off, they're like, you know, so yeah. I like just a piece of paper you can hand me or you just tell me verbally what you what you saw and I remember it. Right. Um, I, I don't like the going into the packs. It's kind of too official, right? Because like you said earlier, I take responsibility for all this. So I mention what I want to mention. And most of the time I just mention what you guys say unless mm-hmm. I feel strongly about it. But I think it's just a, a tricky situation when it's pushed. It's actually in the pack system for everybody to see. And I'll tell you what, and kind of jumping off of that, I – I really dislike putting, I think we call it our impression sheets. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't like putting those into the packs because then those become a part of the patient's record. Medical record. Yeah. And so that patient goes in there and they say the sonographer said, you know, whatever abnormality it is. And then, but the radiologist didn't mention that. And I, I, and what's crazy to me is I have a lot of radiologists that I've known that, um, rely heavily on our impression sheet, which I, I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a tool um, for me to say, hey, like this is what I saw, you know, confer or not. But I just don't like it being associated with the patient's record because my impression of of you know I take images and then you make dictations. Yeah. My my impression of whatever it is, my impression is those pictures. Mm-hmm. Those pictures that I take, you look over those pictures and then you make the dictation. And if you have any questions then call me and, and I'll say, Hey, like, I think this, this, and this, I, I don't know, like other places I know I've worked at that we put like in the, in the note section of something. So it wasn't a part of the patient's record. So you could yeah. see, you could see what I'm, what I'm th- saying. Um, but it's not a part of, you know, I'm not making a dictation for that particular patient. So it, it, it can be, I think, and I don't know the legality, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, that can be like confusing and like scary because now I'm a part of your mm-hmm. record. I say you have gallstones when it was just a gallbladder polyp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, that stuff, it, it that leaves yeah, me yeah. incredibly uneasy. And then, yeah. and, and to top it off and I'll, like a quick, quick aside story. Um, I would put down echogenic mobile foci seen in gallbladder or echogenic shadowing or uh, echogenic twinkle artifact seen in kidneys. And I have radiologists that call me and say, is it a stone on on a kidney? And I'm I'm like, and they're like, I don't want you to describe what you say. I want you to say kidney stone and then send it over. And I'm saying like, that's, and I had a big conversation with management 
saying like that's technically out of my scope of practice to to diagnose and put yeah. it on a patient's record and then scan it in like that's out of my scope of practice but it's yeah. it's so normal mm-hmm. that they're like and i'm like if i describe something like that to you like you know it's a stone like you looked at the images yeah you i mean if you give me that description it's i know a, you're trying to say that it's a stone yeah like it's it it fits everything you looked at you know i give you the description you look at the images and you call me to say is this is you're saying stone just say stone and yeah. i'm like I, no like that's not what we're yeah. supposed to do like i mean that's probably more of our job i i wouldn't put echogenic twinkling i would just say it's a stone in my report i would just say it's a stone i don't give a shit about all the yeah. descriptors but i'm fine if that's what you say right as long as you're giving me a strong enough hint to say that i if right. I say, oh, I think this is a stone, what did Dennis say? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, he said this. He's describing a stone. We agree. Yeah. So then I just call it a stone in the report. And that's and that's crazy because these – like I did it multiple times. I had multiple conversations, and yeah. it came down to like, Dennis, you need to stop saying this, and you need to just say what it is. And I'm like, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> your job is yeah. to say what it is. My job is to take pictures, describe what I see, and then you – say whatever the heck you think that is and yeah. so yeah i think that's kind of a um a scary like thing that is yeah. coming and, it, and, it's, and we've we've talked about it before and i think it's a good segue into you know the next topic we wanted to talk about but kind of what happens when you do because it's going to happen not when not if it will happen you're going to miss things right or to misdescribe them whatever something is going to happen um so i think that's it, probably a good Mm-hmm. bridge for you to kind of talk about at least from your perspective when you miss something right. maybe you didn't know you missed it at the time they get another exam and they confirm the, the finding or whatever so right. i think it's a good point i can talk about it at, you know my perspective too but yeah. i'm interested to hear how it goes from the you know the tech side yeah. of things i think you know i think it, from the from the sonography side i think it's like anytime that you miss something or you make a mistake i think it bo- it bothers you if you care, and mm-hmm. and, um, and everybody should care in this field. I mean, people's health is important, and so I, I we've all missed things from you know I I've taken images before, and then a CT caught something else, or I've taken images mm-hmm. and another sonographer came in when I was new and they saw something that you know I was like oh I literally just looked in that area and I didn't see that. And so we all, and then I think the, the crumb, the, the hardest thing is sometimes when you feel like you miss something and you don't know what it is, something doesn't, I've had a a conversation with a radiologist about this. I was like, I feel like, I feel like something's off. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it is. Um, But I feel like it's, I'm not getting the image to like say what's wrong and, and, um, and then turns out down the line and end up being, you know, something. And so I think yeah. that is the hardest thing. I mean, from certain, I mean, cause especially with sonography, I think it's a skill and it's, and it's obviously user dependent. And so it's, and it's based on skill level and it's based on the amount of times that you do that particular mm-hmm. thing. If you haven't done a uh, second, third trimester OB, LVOT, RVOT with the, with the home, we're talking about the heart in a long time or ever, 
then your skill isn't going to be as good as somebody else. I mean, just like, you know, riding a bike or whatever it is. Like if you ride all the time and you jump, but you're going to be better at it than the person who just jumps on it. And so um, with those skill levels differentiating so much from experience, I think that, you know, things can be missed and, yeah. and it, it can be stressful and it can, and sometimes you go home and you feel like it sucks. You're like, yeah. like, like, why did you get that? And I couldn't see it. Um, and, and I think that you want to be hard on yourself because you want to care, but you, you don't want to bog yourself down yeah. to the point that you're just, you're, it's terrible. That's um, the hard so, part. Yeah. yeah and, and, and take those things. And I think that, you know, the best thing you can, is if you do do something and then the, I've had, a have done, you know, I've seen things done where, um, they did one exam and then they called the patient back you know, the patient comes back in having the same problem two weeks later, they do the same exam and they see something. Yeah. And they're like, and then you have to be like, okay, well, who did this one? And then who did this one? And what's, what's helpful sometimes is that, you know, we all look at the exam. I well, I mean, I shouldn't say we all, I try to look at every exam that, that would be pertinent to the exam I'm about to do, whether that's a CT, an MRI, whatever it is, I'll go through the exam, read the report, look at the images. And so when I go and see that patient, I know as much as I can about what I'm about to look at. Um, and so I think if that, if somebody comes out of the room and they know, Hey, John did this exam before me and didn't see this, John's here today. What I'm going to do, if I'm a good sonographer, and this is my opinion, I'm going to go grab John if I can and say, Hey, come with me into the room. I want to show you something and yeah. allow that, allow them another chance to take a look at that area and see, Hey, like, this is what I'm seeing. I know you didn't see this last time. Either it wasn't there or you missed it or whatever it is, but like mm -hmm. this becomes a teaching opportunity. Uh, I'm not doing that because I want to be like, Hey, I found this and you didn't like yeah. I'm doing this because I'm like, I want to show you for next time, maybe you'll see it differently. You'll see it this way. Um, and that's, I think, I think that's, that's a, a great thing. If you're able to like, if you miss something and somebody's able to bring you in and show you in real time, like this is what you missed. This is how you find it. And then that's how you, that's where growth happens. And then maybe the next time you see that the next time. And so it's, it's like Gage said, it's not, it's not if, but when, Oh yeah. Uh, because we're, we're all human. We all have different experiences and we all have different training. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain to patients, like non-medical people, yeah. just how, especially in radiology, how much we do. But uh, we say, we say when, not if I can give you my example for mm -hmm. fellowship. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were able to sign our own um, x-rays for like nine out of the 12 months. And then when you get a new job, your job wants to see your log, like what you've done over the last year. So I had to give my job the numbers that I read and me. So this is just one radiologist in one subspecialty at one hospital, uh, including a little bit of moonlighting. I read, I was over 10,000 x-rays by myself. So the odds that I'm going to miss something on one of those x-rays is extremely high. You do 10,000, you take 10,000 steps, you're going to trip at least right. one of those steps and we all walk every day. So yeah, that's why we say it's not if it's when, because I read over probably 15,000 exams 
mm-hmm. you know, last year. So yeah. that's just me at one hospital. Right. There's the whole, there's thousands of us across the country reading hundreds of thousands of studies. So right. things are going to get missed. It's going to happen. So if, if you're like listening and you're thinking like, oh, that's never going to be me. One, you're already behind. Like if you don't think you're ever going to miss anything, you already have the wrong attitude. Right. Um, so you're going to miss. You just have to learn how to handle yeah. when it inevitably does happen. And, and I, I like the way you, you put that, you know, 10,000 steps, your trip, 10,000, you know, whatever it is, like you're going to, you're going to make, there's going to be some sort of an error, but I, mm-hmm. and the, the listeners at the same time, I don't want you to be nervous yeah, or, yeah. Wor- or worried yeah. that like, Oh, I'm going to be that miss. There's other, yeah. you know, if, if just, we're talking about this because if, you know, something is not seen on your ultrasound, maybe they order that CT or they order that X-ray or they order, there's other things, that, yeah. other avenues that we might be able to, that maybe we didn't see at that time, but we catch it some other mm-hmm. way and then certain things are seen better other ways too they say yeah you, know, you, you missed my gallbladder stones on my cat scan but you saw it on my ultrasound ultrasounds better for that kind of a thing mm-hmm. and so maybe it's not that that person maybe missed it it's that this modality was better for that and that's so a, yeah i think that's another thing that's hard to explain to patients is if they come in for a ct and they're like oh i just had an ultrasound of whatever mm-hmm. it's hard to explain to them that ct is better for this indication that we're looking for or MRI is better. They're like, why do I have to get my kidney scanned again? And we're, it's so, yeah, like it's even if you miss something on one modality, other modalities are better for yeah. certain things and more likely to be caught. And, right. you know, I mean, a, like a chest X-ray is not perfect. A chest CT is going to catch more than a chest X-ray. Right. That doesn't mean the chest X-ray is useless. So right. it's, I think that's one thing to take away. It's kind of a little tangent, but, yeah, it's yeah. not even it's not even a you know in those instances it's not even a miss it's just Mm-mm. it's not able to be seen as well. Yeah, or, I've or seen like whatever you know five six centimeter masses that you don't see you just don't see it on the chest X ray, mm-hmm. and I mean it's glaring on the CT it's just mm-hmm. so obvious, but it's it's kind of um, just reiterates the point that you know certain modalities just aren't good for certain things. Right, I, I and you know I had a, a case once I was talking to a, a radiologist. And it was, I think it was just like a kidney cyst that I was looking, I was following up and I was like, I don't see this kidney cyst. This kidney cyst was located there on the last, on the last CT or it was like two CTs ago. It was there. Mm -hmm. And then on the last CT, I don't see it there. And then on this ultrasound, I don't see it there. And he was like, he's going through and he's like, okay, it's perfectly like clear as day on that two CTs ago. And then the last CT, he's like, he's like, it looks like it was called again on the last CT is like, but it doesn't, I can't see it there on the last CT and now we don't see it on the ultrasound. And so like yeah. stuff like that happens too. I think that like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I don't, not that things like go away or get better, but like, I, I guess sometimes things just change. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's part of it as well. Um, I mean, ultrasound so- is, I mean, I think, ultrasound the text specifically i think radiologists are a little bit better at it in terms of we know that ultrasound is like more of a screening modality so if i see something you see something on mr uh, on ultrasound and you're like i don't know what it is i don't know what you know i don't know what it is either then you just get an mr or a ct so i think if you keep your limit if you know your limitations you know what you don't know know that you're going to miss certain things you know what i mean like it's as long as you're not a, a pompous asshole about things, you know, I think no, you'll be all right. But right. And I've, I've ran across those too. I mean, you know what yeah. you don't know. That is so true. Know what you don't know. And, and I think that's a great, great thing for the new graduates. Um, 
try to know what you're good at starting out and know what you need to continue to work yeah. on starting out. And that, and that, and that's just not new grad. That's everybody know what everybody yeah. Yeah, know what you're good at and know where you need to continue that. I mean, working. even here we have attendings. I mean, they're, they've been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. They don't know everything. So they still ask other people like, what do you think this is? So, I mean, it doesn't, sure. They know more than the average person, but they still things they see and they're like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. So, you know, surgeons do it. We do it. Everyone does it. So, you know, no one's immune to it. And learning, learning doesn't stop after school for sure. And and I think, I think that's super important. And and, And I've had, I've had attendings tell me the first five years from a radiologist perspective, the first five years as an attending is actually when you're going to learn the most. Yeah. Cause now I'm, my name is the only one. Right. So you've, you've mentioned before how you've seen uh radiologists just, they, they live on uh, what we call radiopedia, right? Which mm-hmm. is a, it's just a, a mass. It's a website that we get all our information from. Right. And that's why we learn so much is cause we're one, you're scared because it's the first time your name has ever been by itself at the bottom of a report. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, you're just like, if, if you're in the hospital by yourself, you can't ask anybody. Mm-hmm. So if someone's there, you ask them, obviously, but you just spend so much time checking, double checking, triple checking. You're like, man, this is a cyst. Sure looks like a cyst, but what else could it be? Right. <clears throat> you pull up Radiopedia and you find all the other things it could be. And you're like, no, I think it's a cyst. But, <laughs> so you, you still do a lot of learning, you know. You know what's, you know what's interesting? You, they, had, they told you that. It's so funny because um, my preceptor in, in schools and when I was in school, would say the same thing. The real learning is going to happen within the first mm-hmm. five, five years. And what's interesting is they also said, um, she said, you're going to, he said, eventually you're going to get to a point within that like first year, you're going to start doing exams really fast. Yeah. And then after five years, um, you know more. And so you actually slow down. Yeah. And so you're going really quick in the beginning. You're like, Oh, and just kind of flying by. And then the more you learn, you start to slow down just a little bit more. And I don't know if that's part of age or if that's just like, I'm no more. And so I need to, I just want to look at these things a little bit slower, but the crazy, I, I I've noticed that when I started out, it was, you know, I, I can get exams. I'm flying, I'm flying through exams and now it's like, okay, I know this, this, and this. And so now I, I take more time and I, I yeah. do things a little bit differently than when I was just fresh. When I was fresh, I was also, you know, trying to bend other people's brains and, and, and use them. But, um, now I, I yeah, I, I, that's, that's so cool that they also told you that basically the same thing. Um, yeah. five, five years. Yeah. I guess we'll find out in five years. So. <laughs> well, yeah. well, we'll yeah. still do podcast in five years. We'll tell you guys. I, yeah. I mean, you already pointed out, I don't want people to think that we just miss everything. No. There's the, the, um, I think it was the ACR that posted it. Radiologists have like a two to 5% major error rate meaning like if we miss something that's going to kill you or seriously harm you it's not very it's not a very high yeah rate so yeah and and, and that's i think and and that's the biggest thing and that's a great that's a great point is the major stuff isn't stuff that yeah. you're usually going to miss maybe maybe yeah. you know you look over something that's not a you know not a big deal whatever it is it's yeah it's, that it's is even, higher yeah yeah and it, it's and the it's granuloma, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's just like walking, like you're mm-hmm. walking and sometimes you trip, like you just, you miss a step and you trip and you, you stumble and you catch yourself, whatever. But then sometimes you're walking and you fall. Yeah. 
And like that's that doesn't that's, happen. That rarely it, happens, but it, it does rarely happen. happens. Yeah. But sometimes it happens. I like yeah. I like that. I like your little analogy there. Yeah. So. I mean there are <laughs> there are two there are two major types of errors. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this that radiologists make. One is you don't see it, so mm-hmm. you just miss the finding. Mm-hmm. Two is you see it, but you call it the wrong thing. Uh, when you're young, mm-hmm. training, you just miss it, right? You don't know what you're looking for, so you just miss it. Mm-hmm. The second one is more common as you get older. You see it, but you think it's – you call it A, but it turns out to be B. Um, so I want just to say that missing things is very rare. Like just missing them blindly is is rare. Usually it's we see it, but we call it the wrong thing. You call it a – we call it a complicated cyst in the kidney, and it turns out it's like an early renal cell type of thing. You know, we saw the finding. We just thought it was this. Turns out it was something else. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's I think that's common in, in sonography as well. I think that we take pictures of stuff and we see the same kind of things all the time. Yeah. And so we'll take a picture of something and you're like, oh, it looks cystic and it ends up being solid. Yeah. And, and you're like, okay, like, well, I, you know, I took pictures of it. So that's, I, I, I did my job, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't miss it but we called it, we thought it was the wrong thing. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are, those are also misses, but no, and that, I think that's the whole point of this is, is, you know, we're saying like, we're not perfect, but we're, we're pretty, pretty close to, to doing, to we do our best. Yeah. Yeah. To doing it. I think people want us to be perfect, but uh, for, yeah, I mean, nobody's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Which includes medical, includes doctors, techs, nurses, everyone who are not, we're all trying to do our best. And, and I yeah. think that's what, um, in this, profession i think that the majority of people that i've met are trying to do what's best for the patient care for people because you're you're dealing with people at their worst at their angriest yeah and and you're still trying to especially nurse you know this is kind of an off topic but especially nurses and like the the er's and things like that where people are coming and fighting and 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 it's hard to continue to give great care when somebody like is trying to hurt you or is trying to be violent or whatever it is and so as medical folks, you really deal with a lot of like people at the worst yeah. and, and you try to have, you know, there's a great, like a great video about empathy with the Cleveland clinic did you know, 10 years ago or whatever it is. Um, and just trying to empathize with somebody's situation that you might not understand, but you try to put yourself in their shoes. Um, yeah. Okay. So looks like we've talked about the training. We've talked about the yeah, near misses. Things. We've yeah. talked about being new. Uh, yeah. would you, do you want to go into your favorite? Topic? Let's do the segment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we got uh, today's question. Let me, I'm going to read it word for word. I don't know where, I don't know where, I, if I thought of this on my own or if I saw it somewhere, but today's question is give me, I guess the one thing, one or two things that you've learned either in general or about yourself since starting the podcast. I think, I think one thing I've learned about myself is that I enjoy making the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find time to yeah. make them week after week, you know, to find this hour. Somehow we always end up doing like an hour long segment. Yeah. Um, and I know our schedules are off kilter, so that kind of makes it more difficult. But I think that one of the, I don't enjoy making all of the social medias as much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I'm, you can obviously tell I'm not, yeah, I, I'm I, the exact I, opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to be better at that, but I'm just like, 
I, I guess I don't really want to be, I guess you just feel like it's kind of like anything else. Like, do you want to be better at it or do you just do you really not? Because yeah. if you cared, like you would do more about it. And so yeah. I feel like that's something that I'm, I'm, I want to be better at. I'm trying to get better at, but I need to be more on the social medias. I need to post more of the funny TikToks. I need to try to yeah. more of the YouTube shorts out there. Yeah. Check out our shorts. I'm killing it. Yeah. Really. Yeah, he's still like that. <laughs> if you like, is, uh, if you like wrestling, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you have any understanding of any wrestling, mm-hmm. his stuff is on yeah. point. If you see the wrestling stuff, Gage has been killing it. Yeah, uh, it's so funny, and so that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I see those, and I'm like, man, that is that's hilarious, that's great, and I'm like, I need to do that, and so those are things about myself that it's one of those things like it's like how bad do you really want, it? and I want this to grow, and I want this to be successful. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe I just, I need, that's something I'm learning about myself that I need to be able to dedicate a little bit more time and, and do mm-hmm. those, do those things. Maybe I don't love the, those maybe, like, you know, there's always something you do that you're like, ah, I don't really enjoy this part, but I like this yeah. other stuff. And so, which I think is really cool with us is that I don't love that kind of stuff, but you're freaking awesome. Yeah, at it. I enjoy and it. So, yeah. yeah. So that's really cool. And what's great now is you're going to be out of school finally. And so, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to have to do all that kind of stuff too. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those are the, those are my answers. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think mine's along the same lines in terms of, I didn't realize how hard this would be. Obviously I, you just mentioned, I think I want the social media stuff to grow more than the podcast. I, I don't, I think we're doing the opposite. I use the social media to feed the podcast. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're probably more using the podcast to feed the social media. Yep. Um, but I didn't realize how, difficult it's not like physically demanding obviously it's not even that mentally demanding mm-hmm. compared to what our day jobs are but i mean it's just not easy to like you know when you post a you post a, the first podcast and i don't know how many views it has now it's not very many but <laughs> just to like know that you're posting this stuff nobody's watching it mm-hmm. you know so you hear about all these people that gary v and so forth like stream to nobody I watch a whole bunch of Twitch streamers in the beginning. Like I just streamed to nobody for like a year and a half. And then, you know, slowly it took off. Yeah. I mean, I should know a little bit about, you know, playing the long game because I just finished like 14 years of this to be a doctor. But it's uh, it gets frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tough. it's I didn't I underestimated, I guess, exactly how difficult it would be. Um, and even like what I do post on YouTube and stuff is not us. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's Ric Flair with a medical, it's just yeah. medical humor on it. Right. So they're not even, they're not even like us per se. <laughs> I just like the fact that what I said was funny. Yeah. So I think that was one thing that was hard to, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy the social media. I didn't think it, I never, I don't post on my normal social media hardly at all. Right. But I, I try to post on ours yeah. more frequently. So I yeah. definitely enjoyed that part of it more than I thought I would. I think that, and that's kind of a cool thing that, I think it, you know, the social media allows you to kind of show when it, when you're posting on your own, you're showing, I don't know, you're, you're showing your friends and your family, like just stuff about you where this is like, mm-hmm. not that you're like hiding behind a mask or something, but like, yeah. you know, this is like our maybe one day business that we have or, or, or whatever it is. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. so tough to the long game. Cause I've had a, I had a gauge knows I've had a podcast before I did 13 episodes. And so we're on, this is going to be episode number nine. Yeah. Uh, so almost this, there. And yeah. so we almost, I almost caught my last one and I'm like, or, you know, we have, we've been off now for what, two weeks or so. We haven't, yeah. We haven't, we haven't recorded. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't recorded. And so I'm like, 
I, I, you know, I want to keep this going, but it's like, like you said, like Gary V's like, you know, I did it for a year and a half and I didn't have any listeners. I didn't have any watchers. I didn't have any viewers. Like, and I was posting on this and posting on this and like, and then all of a sudden one day, like somebody saw it and it like took off. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that maybe if we could, we keep this going, maybe one day somebody's going to see it and it's going to add some sort of value to our lives yeah. and values to other people's lives. And I think one thing that's crazy, I'm going to catch flack for this probably, but Okay. Is I think we get more support, uh, at least on my side of things. I get more support from the random people on the social media. I think you have more, like most of our listeners probably come from your side, people that you've told about the podcast. And but if you pay attention to when we post on Instagram, um, what are they called? The reels? They don't oh. do very well. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's mainly we're posting the people that follow us see that. The people that follow us are our friends, family, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I post something on YouTube. And then you get a thousand views or whatever. They don't know us. Yeah. So I thought to me, it's just been crazy that we've gotten, at least I've gotten more support from people. I have, they don't know who I am. I don't know who they are right. as opposed to people that are closest to us. Whereas I, I think you probably had a little more support from people that were, you know, that you're closer to. Right. And I think that's kind of, a, that's like a good thing though, at the same time, because um, maybe the people I'm closest to aren't really into uh, radiology or they're not really into yeah, sports yeah. or whatever it is. But like the people who are into it, these random people, yeah. they're they're listening to stuff they enjoy. Yeah. And hopefully we're enjoyable eventually. Yeah. That's the <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that I mean that people always this isn't really something we've learned, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more of advice that I've seen we go back to Gary Vee, but I've seen him give it specifically is like you have to make content that you enjoy. You, you know, you make content for yourself and just hope that other people enjoy it as well. Whereas if you make, you can tell when people make content that they enjoy themselves mm-hmm. versus content they think other people will enjoy. Right. So if you do the second one, you're not going to be very happy for very long because you're trying to predict trends and all this other stuff that you think people are going to enjoy. And Whereas if you do what we do and kind of just talk about whatever we want that's enjoyable to us, mm-hmm. our, our following may be smaller, but it'll be organic and the people will enjoy. Right. Right. What we're talking about. I I, I agree. Yep. I think, and I think that's the most important thing. I literally just had a conversation with, with somebody the other day and I, and I was telling him that I was like, you know, I think I'm doing this just because I enjoy it. It lets me, lets me, I said, it lets me hang out with one of my best friends. Yeah. I don't don't have to talk to a whole lot. And so like, that's just spending this hour hanging out with you. Like that's, that's fun for me and getting to pick your brain about where you're at with, your fellowship or whatever you're going yeah. on in your life or you're moving or you're, you know, yeah. whatever's going on with your life. It's just, it's just a cool like opportunity. And I think it's, I think it's nice because neither one of us rely. This doesn't have to be successful, right? We do, if we make money, we make money. If we don't, we don't, we both have jobs. They're going to pay us well above what it, even an average person would make. So we don't rely on this for anything. Right. But, um, cause I always see people give, you see like, a. I don't know what you want to call them influencers, I guess, but they give like, to me, it's dog shit advice of like, never have a backup plan, like go all out. Yada, yada. I think that's dog shit advice. You should always have a backup plan Mm -hmm. for us. This is our backup plan. Our day jobs would make us more successful than Mm -hmm. this is likely going to make us in the long run. Right. But so I think it's nice that we don't have to, the fact that we haven't recorded in two weeks, we don't rely on this for anything. Um, So I think it, it makes it a little less stressful. Because nice. we're not relying on views on YouTube to, for our monthly check to pay our bills and rent and stuff like that. So, which, which I think is also interesting because I was reading something the other day. 
um, that said sometimes, and this was like a business thing, but they're like, sometimes you have to let a business go. Yeah. Continue to work on the next thing that might be more important. And so I think this is kind of, this is not like something that we have to let go, but we can just allow this to, like you said, grow organically, grow slowly. If it turns out to being something that's really cool, which would be great if we got like Dr. Pepper. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, We're not saying we don't want those things, but I mean, I think you have to be realistic. Yeah. You know, Gary V Gary V was, he was at a time that's different than us where he was first starting. YouTube was barely a thing. Mm -hmm. Nobody was doing what he wanted to do. Now we have the opposite problem. We're not blind to the fact that the podcast market is vastly oversaturated. YouTube people, it's, oversaturated like all this is yep. there's a ton of people that do what we do right but we're i think where we can really sit where we're going to continue to separate ourselves is your is our this niche of mm-hmm. the hospital that area that we work in and hopefully we continue to answer certain questions and maybe people have or concerns or, and we can go over real life things working in the hospital and so people can have a better understanding and so um, we're the crazy YouTubers that are just doing all these crazy stuff. And maybe they're making, you know, tons of Mr. Beast, whatever, making all these money, doing all yeah. these things where we're focused on just creating this niche. We're hopefully we continue this for the long game. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to at least get past 13 episodes. Um, yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that's, the, that's my yeah. goal uh, on, on episode like 14, maybe I'll wear like a, a party hat or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, this is, yeah. Hopefully that answers all. That was a good question. I really, I really like that question at this point because sometimes you do. I sometimes I get to the point. And I'm like, are we going to continue this thing? And I'm like, no, I want to continue this thing. So, yeah, so, I mean, we do what three months, two months. Yeah, yeah, I think three months. Yeah, which is you know we we hopefully got with our, this episode we hit um a uh, hundred downloads. I think we're close. Yeah, um, and, ho- and hopefully, hopefully next, the what was it next episode, dude? we've got a surprise possibly we might be wearing some some apparel we'll see mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll see we'll see how that goes um and then if, if so we'll put a link to, if anybody wants any stuff you know we'll see we're, we're not i'm gonna we'll see what it, we'll see you guys are yeah, awesome. yeah we'll see how it goes yeah it, uh, yeah i mean it's mm-hmm. and the fact that we don't have to rely on this you can just let it go yep you know you let you i worry about the social media side Mm-hmm. you worry more about the podcast side um so i think it works out well yep um but with that being said i think we i think that's it yeah this might be our shortest episode we did good today i think we did a great job yeah <laughs> but uh we are what on mm-hmm. instagram we're on tiktok yeah. we're on youtube youtube's my favorite so if you're gonna pick one go to go to youtube mm-hmm. it's rad underscore talk underscore dg mm-hmm. uh my me my i guess you call them memes my wrestling medical memes have been on point lately Killing it. so Killing go it. uh go give those a, a look if you want to laugh and then yeah we're on what podbean spotify and apple and i think yep. you just search rad talk yep we'll be the first one yeah that's right first one yep. and, and then i the last one i don't remember the email rad talk, rad talk with dg gmail.com yep shoot us an email if you want to questions concerns comments if, or if you want to sponsor us just an email. Yeah, Dr. Pepper, I, I DM'd him, <laughs> so we'll see. Pepper, see we'll see. But, yep, okay, man. Well, until next time, we'll see you guys hopefully next week. All right.